and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the next episode of The Spook Show. I'm Terry Price. I am Harold Presley. And we're excited that you've joined us today. We've got some pretty good stuff going on today that you're going to have a lot of fun with. Yeah. Uh, we always have fun, though. But, uh, don't we? Yeah, I have fun. Do you have fun? <laughs> I do. I wouldn't be doing this if we didn't. Because okay? we ain't making no money. You know, not out of this. You no, know? no. We, no do this, right. we do this for pure pleasure. That's what we're doing this that, for. That is correct. Yeah. And you can help us continue to be able to do this. Since That's we're, right. Since we're not making money. Yeah. Uh, by clicking on the like and subscribe button on the yeah. YouTube channel and uh, following us on Facebook and uh, just listening to the podcast, you know, yeah. com commenting, comment, yeah. tell us your comments. And you know what you can get, if you're listening right now and you're listening on a, maybe a, a location where you don't normally get your podcast, just remember you can get us on wherever you get your podcast. You can pick us up. Yeah, so, at least yeah. at least all the main ones anyway. All the main ones, the main ones. We're Google about. Play, yeah. Apple, uh, you know, Pandora, you know. Apple. Yeah, um, you can get us just about everywhere. A lot so, of that stuff. Yeah, so make sure you, you check us out. And if you got questions, if you got stories you want to share with us, uh, or you just want to say, hey, uh, send us, us an email. We like that, man. Price Presley Show at Gmail dot com. Easy to remember. Price Presley Show at Gmail dot com. That's right, and uh, there'll be a link tree link in, yeah. in the descriptions on our YouTube. Uh, uh, video yeah uh, so and make sure. sure you like you said like terry said like us subscribe we like those two things you know it helps us build a listenership and shows them hey we got a lot of people listening to us man that's right that's right that keeps us on the air. yes that's right it does <laughs> absolutely does i just recently started playing fantasy football Uh oh now that's scary to me because uh <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> have you ever been in that have you ever done that I, I you know a buddy of mine signed me up uh to play fantasy football uh yeah. one time and i said sure go ahead and i'd get all the emails and everything but i i, I was so busy doing elvis at the time yeah you were really in, in, that, into that then yeah you know i i just kind of you couldn't you didn't have time for it no it takes up a little time you know? i think it would and and, and if you're gonna do it right yeah. i think i think you'd have to spend time doing it well i'm a little i get a little stressed out on sundays or game because <laughs> i'm looking at all these games and trying to keep up with them and go like oh i got that guy the worst thing about it is you i don't know if you know this and you know this but people out there don't know this i'm a big cowboys fan right as well as you are that's right i grew up 30 miles from dallas so i'm a cowboys fan so it's hard for me to have players on my team that pay, play for anybody in <laughs> nfc east that i have to pull for to play well yeah you know Especially when they play against the Cowboys. Yeah, so, uh, so I, I guess that does get a little spooky. That's a little scary and spooky yeah, to me. So yeah, okay. I, I just wanted to get somebody's <laughs> opinion on that to, to ease my mind. Okay, let's get back to the subject at hand. What are we doing today? Well, I, I tell you what. I, I want to remind everybody out there before uh -huh. that we're just a regular guy. That's right. Average take that's right. on the paranormal. We're not professionals at all. Uh, that's right. No. And we, we're, we're just like a couple of guys sitting around a campfire, yeah. enjoying one another's company, talking about weird stuff. Talking about weird stuff. Campfire? What? Yeah. Okay. We, I don't know if we're going to be sitting out in the woods. The next oh, come camp. on, Harold. <laughs> come on, man. I don't know if I'm doing all that, man. <laughs> well, i tell you what. I called, in, I called in the only expert I've ever known yes. uh, to join us on this show tonight. All right. And it's my dad. Your dad? My dad. Archie? Archie. Archie's with us today? Yeah. All right. Archie Price is yes. with us today. Hey, Dad. How you doing? Are you there, Dad? Uh, I don't know. Are you? <laughs> oh, there he is. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think you fell asleep while we were, we were doing <laughs> well, the intro. I did. I, I, I was snoring. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
definitely your dad there. Yeah, can you tell? <laughs> I can tell. Well, he's the one. <laughs> now, I, let me just, before we get into his stories and everything, yeah. he's the one that got me uh, all started uh, in, in Bigfoot by taking me to see the legend of boggy creek oh, okay. when i was like six yeah, that scared the, the heck and, out, hell out uh, of you the movie was bad enough but yeah. then to make it worse this is the guy that would go outside and scratch on the window and growl <laughs> nice and then run back in before i could get <laughs> he's just being a good dad i, I guess so <laughs> it stuck with me it did yes so yes. how's everything in oklahoma it's nice and sunny. Well, that's good. That's good. Now, just to kind of set up for our listeners here, um, our family has uh, Choctaw heritage in our in our in our uh, bloodline, mm-hmm. and um, my family came from the southeast Oklahoma area down around Lafleur County, uh-huh. and uh, Dad was raised a lot of his life down there in in that area, and. Uh, my grand, my great grandmother was. She was a Choctaw princess, wasn't she, Dad? Yes, she was. Back in the day, things got real down there. Now, because you know that's prime Bigfoot country down there. I mean, mm-hmm. the majority of the Bigfoot sightings that happen in Oklahoma come from down around that area. In that area, yeah. So it's just it's a very um, supernatural kind of area. What we're going to talk about today is, Dad. I want I want you to tell us uh, the there there was a, a legend of some lost. Choctaw treasure uh, down in that area. Treasure. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and it was right on the Fushmaline. It, it's a river, right, Dad? The Fushmaline River? Okay, well, let me let me lead you into that. Okay. okay. We, uh, my grandparents had a farm there uh, just a couple of miles northwest of Summerfield in LaFleur County, about 200 acres, something like that. And it was on the land was on both sides of the Fushmaline River there, yeah, which a lot of, took place around that river. Uh, and because, well, one day my my granddad was plowing up potatoes and he plowed up uh, a skull. A, uh, wait, a re- skull, a human skull. Yep, yep. So they contacted Oklahoma University and they sent a team down and found that it was an Indian mound there and they got 26 skulls out of it. Good Lord. And they said that the the people had been, were known as basket weavers. Right. And they were here a long, long time before any of the Indians that we know of today. Anyway, uh, another day there, he was had gone out plowing, and he came in in the middle of the afternoon, all excited and shaking and white as a sheet. Couldn't anybody get him to say anything until uh, we finally figured out that he was scared out of his mind, and he wouldn't talk about it uh, other than to say he had seen something that had scared him to death. I, I don't, and he, he swore that he'd never go back to that field again. Somebody else would have to go finish the work on it because he's never going there again. Wow. And this is a I man. I don't know if it was a big, big foot or what he saw. I never found out, but it was something that was not natural because it took a lot to scare him. Yeah, this is a man who was, you know, raised in the country, dealt with all the wildlife in yeah. that, that area, and, you know, killed snakes with his bare hands, that sort of kind of wow. thing, you know. Uh, 
that leads into the story you were talking about. Uh, there on the on the river, a few miles from our place, was uh, a Choctaw Indian village, which actually it was it was just north of the floor, Oklahoma. And uh, it was a pretty prosperous place, apparently. And it had several good-looking young maidens there. And the chief was having a lot of trouble keeping white men away. In those days, uh, if a white man wanted to marry a Choctaw woman, he had to pay a certain price into the tribe to get permission to do that. And uh, they were pretty much in demand. But the chief was not happy about it because he knew that uh, there was a lot of different diseases circulating around amongst the white folks in the community. Mm. And sure enough, finally, somebody infected his village with a real violent infectious disease. I don't know if it was smallpox or what, but they all started dying off. And pretty soon, uh, there wasn't hardly anyone left. Well, the Indians received monthly allotments from the government, and it was paid in uh, gold coins and sent to them in, in big wooden boxes. But the chief hadn't been able to disperse it because everyone was dying. So when he got sick and was on his deathbed, he called in his uh, rich doctor, and told him that he was very unhappy with the white folks because they had decimated his village. And he told him he wanted the, the gold to be buried, where to bury it, and he wanted a curse put on it so that any white men that ever tried to bother it would suffer the consequences. Well, he died, and the whole village died. And this is a true story. This really happened. The, the entire village died of some disease that had been contracted from European settlers. Exactly. Hmm. Which is probably not well, uncommon at no. all. You know. And this is, this is, of course, after the Choctaw tribe had been moved on the Trail of Tears from Louisiana to yeah. Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So uh, time passed, and it eventually just uh, kind of, faded into legend, but uh, the story that there had been gold buried there continued to circulate. And finally, there were three men from that area that decided they were going to find it and get it. And they started investigating and following up the rumors and so forth, and they were finally told that an old uh, black guy in Poto knew how to do it. So they went to him, and uh, he told them that it would probably cost their lives if they messed with it. Mm. But they said, no, we're, we're going to go. Tell us how. So he said, okay. And he told them to go to this village site, which was just west of the road between Hughes and the floor uh, on the banks of the Fish Marine. And in the middle of that clearing, they would find a very large old oak tree. And you go to that tree and step off 10 paces due west and start digging for the treasure. 
And he said, that's where the problems start because you're going to dig down a couple of feet and you'll hit a layer of black soil. When you do, oh, and by the way, uh, he explained to them that they had the only time they could do that was at midnight. I don't know why, but that was part of the conditions. <laughs> at midnight, wow. Anyway, they went, and at that time, all they had was just kerosene lanterns to, to light, and they had two or three of them sitting around the area there so they could see. Anyway, they hit that first layer of black soil, and sure enough, up from the edge of the clearing come this big white dog, kind of glowing like. But uh, the fellow said that just keep digging it because it won't bother you. And they did, and it just it walked up there to the edge of where they were and stood there and watched them for a minute and then walked on off into the woods. So then he told them to keep on digging a couple more feet, and they would hit another layer of black soil. And sure enough, uh, out of the edge of the woods comes this real pretty Choctaw princess riding a big white horse. But she just rides up there to the edge of the, the hole and sits there and watches them a minute and, and rides on off. Well, by that time, things were getting kind of scary there. And one of the three men couldn't take it anymore, and he jumped out of the hole and ran off. But the other two kept digging. Was his name Harold? <laughs> that might have been, that might have been a relative like of mine. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would have been me. <laughs> so uh, they kept digging, and in a minute, they hit the third layer of black soil. Now, Dad, tell them what the, what the old man had said to them when they got down to that third layer. Well, I'm fixing to, if you can just stay quiet long enough. <laughs> He told them that they'd better have the, the box dug up and getting out of there when they hit that third layer of black soil because when they did, there would be a third presence show up that would be extremely unpleasant. He didn't describe in any detail what it was other than something that had the old witch doctor had conjured up. So anyway, they... They didn't have the box loosened up when they hit that third layer of soil. But they hung in there and kept digging, trying to get the... They found the box, but they hadn't gotten it loose yet. And they heard this horrible sound back off in the woods. They never... No one ever really described to me exactly what it sounded like, but it must have been awful kind of between a growl and a howl and a screech. And they kept working on the box trying to get it loose, but of course they were getting pretty shook up. And they heard the howling again coming closer. And about the time they got the box loose, the thing came into the clearing and nobody knows what happened after that. Uh, The guy that ran away in the first place finally ran into somebody and they took him to the authorities. He was scared out of his mind. and But he told them basically what he knew and what had happened. And a bunch of people went there to see about these other two guys. But there was no sign of them. And, and they never found any trace of them or nobody ever heard from them again. 
Uh, and the guy that had gotten away had been scared so bad that he uh, had he eventually lost his mind and had to be put in a mental institution. But I know, I guess, the gold is still there. So as far as you know, nobody's ever recovered the, the treasure. I don't think anybody's ever gone back there since. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd go. If I heard this story, I said, yeah, it can, the treasure can stay there. <laughs> you sure, Harold? Because I sure. know right where this is. No, no. I told, uh, you go ahead and dig it up. <laughs> I'll help you spend it. But uh, I'm not going down in that hole. No. Well, Dad, there's a lot of stories and, and weirdness that kind of comes down from around that area, especially back in, you know, in, in those days. Um, your mama... Uh, that was her her mother, that Grandma Ivy, that uh, was the Choctaw princess, right? Mm-hmm. And right. Grandma Ivy had an experience when she was a young girl around that area, didn't she? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I mean, so, uh, some of her ancestors that were Choctaws uh, deeded the land over for the city of... Uh, Hevener. The, the land was given to the county to build the city of Hevener by two sisters who were Grandma Ivy's predecessors. Wow. But anyway, our family had been there ever since the Choctaws got there, I guess. When she was young, my grandmother, they had a big field of cotton, and they had gone there one day, a whole bunch of people, to pick that cotton. Back then, they had big, long sacks, maybe 10 foot long, that slung over their shoulders, and they drug right along behind them and put the cotton in it as they picked it. But uh, And this field that they had planted in was next to an old, abandoned two-story house that nobody had lived in for years and years and years. And the story on it was that... Uh, during the war, Civil War, a uh, Confederate soldier had been wounded and run away and hid in that house. The Union soldiers finally found him and killed him in that house. So anyway, back to the story, they uh, they were picking cotton, and then sometime in the afternoon, a big thunderstorm came up, and it came on them so suddenly that they didn't have time to get out of the field and get back to, to their place. So they decided to spend the night in this old house, keep their cotton dry. Well, when they went into the house, the floor had rotted out. There wasn't any. It was just trash and broken boards. But they could get upstairs, and it was clean and dry upstairs. It was just one big open room, and they drugged their cotton sacks up there and ate and settled down to go to bed. And my grandmother was going to just sleep on her big bag of cotton. So she laid down and went to sleep. And sometime in the night, she got woke by some racket. And she looked over, and there was an old, old rocking chair there at one end of the room. And that rocking chair was just rocking back and forth, squeaking. And that scared her so bad that she couldn't move. But in a minute, she started hearing this cackling laughter coming from the rocking chair and could kind of see a blurry image of somebody sitting in it. And by then, she was just petrified. And this thing got up and walked over to her 
and pull her socks off all the time, laughing and giggling. Oh, man. And he started throwing her socks from one end of the room to the other. And as, as they flew, they would burst into flame. And it's just balls of fire going back and forth across these people's heads. And, of course, that woke everybody up, and they all bailed out of there. And, uh, <laughs> I guess they oh, left man. their cotton sacks. I don't know. I left but everything it I had. scared her to death. Oh, man. Now, uh, and she swears this actually happened. When she told you the story, she she said this actually happened, right? That's what she said. Wow. It happened a long time before I was around, but yeah. uh, that's what she said. Anyway, then uh, by then, uh, some time after that, my mother was born and, and grew up. And when she was in high school, her face broke out in bad sores, kind of like pimples, but a lot worse. And it was bothering her real bad. So th- there was an old Choctaw witch doctor that would come to town every Saturday and everybody knew that she was weird because she would drive her wagon into town and then hitch the horses and then lay down on that wagon tongue and lay there all afternoon asleep on the wagon tongue, <laughs> which no normal person could have done, I don't think. But anyway, my grandmother went and got her and she came over to the house and examined my mother and took her in the bedroom and set her down in front of the dresser and stood behind her and started combing her long, she had long dark hair, and she started combing her hair and singing to her. And uh, when she got through, in the meantime, I guess, Mom would kind of doze off. But when she got through, uh, the old woman told her she, she was through and she could get up and she got up and looked in the mirror, and her face was just as clear as it could be. Yeah, you know, there's that just brings to yeah. mind a lot of, you know, the Indians believed in spirits and oh, that, sure. things yeah. and yeah. magic and that sort of thing. And uh, people have, well, that would make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people have sworn that that these uh, medicine people, men, women, whatever, uh, witches, whatever you want to call them, they they could do they could do incredible the, stuff. Yeah, so. Oh. I don't know. We've lost wow. a, we've lost a lot in the years in society yeah. and oh, the sure. world. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Becoming more scientific, more you know, more materialistic and everything. Uh, back then, though, they need every single thing explained. That's right. Now, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. That, that's that's really weird. Wow, that's really weird. But now, grandma, grandma Ivy. I mean, uh, grandma, my grandmother, your mom. She had an experience there in the house one time, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at that time, which I wasn't born yet, but uh, like most houses back in those days, there there was a long, screened-in back porch all the way across the back of the house. And in warm weather, people would sleep out there on that porch because it's cooler. And uh, there was an old, run-down house across the road. I remember the house. This family lived there, and uh, one time one of them got sick and died. So they were having the funeral there in their house, and they came over to our house and borrowed a couple of uh, came-back chairs from our dining room to set the coffin on while they had the funeral. And later that night, they brought the chairs back, and they set them out there on the back porch close to where Mama was sleeping. 
And she woke up sometime during the night hearing a racket and looked over, and one of those chairs was rocking back and forth. It wasn't a rocking chair. It was just a four-legged straight-back chair, but it was rocking back and forth. And that scared her pretty bad. Yeah, I think. <laughs> uh, first of all, that's not a rocking chair that's moving. <laughs> wow. Well, there, there's all kinds of legends and ghost stories from, and, and, and folk back then were very superstitious, especially yeah. if you came from the Choctaw tribe. And there's some very unexplainable stuff has happened in that area. Now, Dad, you were a little boy when this next story happened, and uh, you were you were at your grandparents' house. Tell them about the, the stranger who showed up one night. The stranger. Oh, yeah. Up. Yeah, that was really freaky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was it was bad winter time and coming a snowstorm. And we had all gone to bed. Uh, in those days, all we had for eight was uh, wood-burning stove in the living room and, and coal oil lamps. There wasn't any electricity or anything like that. Sometime in the night, there was a loud knocking on the front door, and Grandpa got up and answered the door, and this guy comes staggered in, you know, freezing to death, wet, and just in terrible shape. And Grandpa took him in the living room and set him down in front of the stove, got him warming up and got him to where he could talk. And he said that uh, he had been over to Tallahanna, and he wanted to get home that night, even though it was storming. And he decided to risk it. So he took off, had to go over Winding Stair Mountain and Blue Mountain to get to Somerville. And uh, just right after he got over the top of the mountain and started down on the north side of it, the, the, the storm got so bad that he couldn't see where he was going and the snow was so deep he couldn't hardly move. So he knew he was in big trouble, but in a minute he saw lights ahead of him, and he went on down a ways and, and found this cabin with lights glowing like somebody was there. And he went and knocked on the door, and a real pretty Choctaw girl answered it, and she took him in, and he found out that the house was occupied by her and her sister and her mother. They were all nice-looking Choctaws, friendly and everything, and they fixed him coffee and something to eat. But then it was getting pretty late, and he was getting kind of drowsy. So the two girls put him in their bed and got in bed with him. Well, first one thing led to another, <laughs> but eventually he went to sleep. And later on, then, he, he got cold and woke up, and he was in this torn-up, shack, falling down shack, and there was two skeletons laying on both sides of him. Okay. Nobody else uh, around. So it wasn't a torn down shack when he got there, but it was when he woke up. That's right. Wow. Scared him so bad that he just barely made it to our house before he collapsed. <laughs> oh, man. And you were there when this guy came, right? Yeah, I was probably four or five years old, something yeah. like that. So, so you remember it? You remember this guy coming up there? Just barely. Just barely, okay. Wow. But that's the story, the story he, told he told to Grandpa. Him. Yep, yep. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine, Harold? No. First of all, staggering in the middle of the winter and, and see a cabin, and it's a torn-down shack and there's skeletons. Yeah. I couldn't have got out of there faster. I don't, <laughs> not, number one, 
I'd have ran out of there. I, you know, I'd be, wow. He probably did. <laughs> I'll bet he did. Hey, Dad, 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 we don't, we don't need, we do we need to hear We this. don't need to tell these stories. We need to hear one, at least one. Go ahead, Dad. Aren't you tell this story? I got to hear this one. Give me one. Go ahead. Okay. I knew this was a mistake. Him and his brothers took off one night and ran over to the store to get some candy or something deep. So while I was gone, I stepped out and went across the road into the trees and hid. And when I heard him coming back, I started throwing rocks out in the road. Yeah. And and Terry spun his feet for about five minutes before we could ever get to moving enough to start running. Well, he's not and telling he, the whole story. When, but. He, when, when he finally got to the front door, he tore the screen door off and just getting in the house. <laughs> He he didn't mention he didn't mention that he was out there in them woods growling and crap too uh, you know. Well, I, the, the one thing about it was I knew I didn't have to outrun whatever it was. I just had to outrun both of my your brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did that all right. You left them in your dust. You weren't concerned about them at all. You said I got to get to that door. That's it. That's all I need. I need to get to exactly that. right. That's exactly right. But uh, great, that's awesome. Speaking of Southeast Oklahoma and being raised up in the woods and and that sort of thing, Dad, you had a couple of experiences that uh, are you can't quite explain. You want to talk about that real quick before we end this episode? Oh yeah, because we uh, well, we deer hunted a lot in, mm-hmm. in that area. Yeah, okay. The first one happened down in the Jack Fork Mountains. Uh, we were camped out there deer hunting, and we were sleeping in a camper on the back of the pickup well my my brother-in-law and me were there and you that's right and we had a bed it was a plywood laid across the back with our mattress on top of that and underneath it we stored supplies and stuff well we'd been in bed for a while and in a minute you said daddy what was that Mind you, I'm only about 10 years old okay, at the time, right. okay? Oh, well, yeah, right. It wouldn't have made any difference if you were 40. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, I don't know. I didn't hear nothing. He said, well, listen. And then the minute I hear something go plunk, plunk. And I said, oh, Terry, that sounds like somebody's throwing rocks at us. And he didn't say anything. And I said, Terry, did you hear that? And I looked down, and, and there was nobody in his bed. And I said, Terry, where are you? And he stuck his head out from underneath my bed and said, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, that's all well and good. You gave me a hard time. Now, let's get serious about this and, and tell Harold and our listeners. Kind of freaked was, you out, too. There was somebody or something throwing rocks at our uh, camp. Oh, so there really were rocks I, being I thrown. Okay. We were in the middle of, let me, let me set this up for you. We were in the middle of nowhere in the mountains there. Yeah. There was nobody else camped out there. This was not a camping area. We just kind of found, found this found area. Found a place to camp, you know. That's, that's I guess, public land or whatever. Yeah. We pulled off the road next to this creek there, and there wasn't nobody else there. Is that right, Dad? That's true. Okay. So you got so some. the next some, day, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was you or my other son, but one of you was hunting on the ridge. Uh, just above the camp there. Well, it had and he come or he he come running down the camp and said somebody had thrown a big boulder at him. Uh, that was me. Nobody, no, nobody that, hunted up there because yeah. it was so thick you couldn't hardly get through it. That was but me. For some, oh, that, for some that reason, you. Or other, you'd gone up through there. 
Well, we had hunted that morning, and I guess it was around 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, somewhere we'd, we'd come back, and, and I was back at camp. And uh, the, the scary thing was is that I was, you know, Dad was, I, I guess me and my Uncle Mike were, were back, I can't remember, but Dad was still out. Uh, and where our camp was to the west of where we're camped, there's a creek. Yeah. And then there's a bridge, uh, you know, the road goes across the creek yeah. and we'd pull off of that bridge into that clearing there and we'd, we'd camp right there next to that creek. Well, just across the creek, the mountain goes straight up. I mean, just damn near like a, a cliff there. Almost vertical. Just, yeah. Uh, just, I mean, yeah. trees and stuff are all growing on it and everything. Yeah, but, but it's pretty vertical. I kid you not, the biggest, about the size of a bowling ball, and I heard this clack and I happened to turn that way and look and coming down the side of this mountain and it wasn't just rolling, it had been thrown was this big Are you sure i swear to god you didn't see anybody throw it I swear no but it how is it gonna move it fell you know it's like it, well it's not <laughs> not that kind of a okay but it's trust coming to me it's yeah. coming pretty so, so it, you know the logical conclusion at least came to was that it had to have been bigfoot because i don't know what else would have been doing all that stuff and and nobody knew about it well the throwing at the throwing rocks at the, at the truck was of that size well, with that, that velocity, you know. Well, the during the night, it wasn't whatever was throwing stuff at us. It wasn't huge rocks. It wasn't breaking windows or anything like that. But it was they were big enough rocks that you could hear them every time they'd hit the truck or the camper shell or whatever. Yeah. And uh, uh, it was it was apparent to me even at ten years old that somebody didn't want us there. Now maybe there were some other hunters that we didn't know were there and they were trying to scare us off. I don't know. We don't now, know what it was, but there there was nobody else around. I never saw anybody through there for two or three days afterwards. But anyway, it, it wouldn't have made any difference if it had been gravel. It would have still scared you under the bed. <laughs> okay. That's enough of that. I'm right, I'm right here, anyway, Daddy. <laughs> anyway, uh, the next time that happened, it, it was just me and Charlie, and we were hanging Charlie not is, far from there. It's Char- one of the other brothers? He, he was my, my, my dad's brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. Okay, His, brother-in-law. My dad's second marriage there. Uh, All right. We, we had been hunting all day on the ridges of this uh, mountain. And, uh, well, tell them, tell them where, was, where at dad, tell describe the area. Was, well, it was in the, uh, wildlife reserve down by Stringtown, uh, east of the highway there. There's a very large wildlife reserve that's hunting allowed on. And we were in the eastern edge of that in an area called East Lost. And, uh, East Lost. Keep that in mind, listeners. East, East Lost. It Lost. was some wild, thick, rugged country. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, we were. I, I was sitting way up high on the ridge, and Charlie was probably two or three hundred yards further down from me. <clears throat> and it was getting late in the evening, about time to go anyway. And I heard this horrible screech, howl, or whatever. And it made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I'd never heard anything like it before. And you've heard cougars scream and, and yes, owls yes. hoot and all that sort of stuff because yes. you yes. raised in the woods. You'd say that it wasn't anything natural? It was nothing I'd ever heard before. Hmm. But anyway, in a minute, it did it again, and it was closer, coming up the ravine. Well, in just a minute, here comes Charlie, and he ran up there to me. He said, did you hear that? And I said, yeah, I sure did. And he said, well, what was that? And I said, 
I've never heard anything like it. And he said, well, I haven't either. And about that time, it yelled again, and it was getting pretty close. And he looked at me, and he said, I think we probably better go. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> and, and we left. Something don't want to see. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I don't know what it was, uh, but it wasn't anything that I'd ever heard before, and it was loud. You and, know, uh, wow. And I should say that my dad has deer hunted in, in yeah. woods like that since he was a boy. Yeah. And Charlie too, for that matter. So these, these are not yeah. city slicker guys out in the woods that don't know anything about being yeah, the, the slightest woods. thing is going to scare them. Uh, that's like right. That. There had to be something these significant. These are two very, very, very yeah. experienced woodsmen out there. Yeah. And, uh, everything I learned, I learned from these men, you know, yeah. and, uh, about being in the woods and, uh, for it to shake them, you, it had to be something significant. Dad, I'm never going to live that down. Thanks. I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be the, uh, the, the brave one on this show. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's funny. That, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, you know I'm not gonna ever let you forget this. Guy. Yeah, this, I, this will come up I, I from time to time. You know, I, I know you got the rat thing on me. Well, I got this on you. Okay, but uh, you know, so it just it highlights how how thick and how dense the woods, the woods are, are there yeah. in southeast Oklahoma, yeah. and it also highlights the uh, Indian traditions uh, from Oklahoma Indian nation, yeah. uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, down there back in the days, whenever technology was not as advanced as it is today. And, and, and things were, things were a whole lot different back then. Right, dad. Uh, they weren't even comparable to what they are today. Anyway, well, we sure, we sure do appreciate you, uh, sharing your stories with us. It kind of takes us back to a time when things yeah. were, were a little more simple and, and yet at the same time, Maybe far more interesting. Interesting, yeah. To yeah. be to be honest, and I just want to say, Archie, I want to thank you oh. for sharing those stories about Terry <laughs> and his childhood fears <laughs> and hiding behind the bed. I love that. Thank you for that, uh, Archie. It's, it's, it's absolutely the truth. <laughs> I, I wasn't told it on him if it wasn't the truth. I know that's right. Okay, thank you, Char thank you, Archie. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Dad. <laughs> All right. Well, I, do it for this I told edition. you you were going to enjoy it. I he's told got, you you were going to enjoy it. And I know this. he's got many more, so we might have to have him back from time to time to tell some more stories, especially more Terry stories. That would be great. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. I hope everybody um, – We sure did. Uh, yeah, enjoyed the the topic of, of tonight's episode. Yeah. I grew up hearing these stories from my dad and my grandparents and everybody, and, and so I wanted to, him to share those with all of you guys so, so that you could enjoy them as so, well. I like to call it story time with Archie. Yeah, there, there you we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you enjoyed the stories, then please go down there and first of all, click on the subscribe button mm -hmm. and the like button. That way you can be notified when we have another episode coming up Absolutely. of the Spook Show. Leave us a comment. Leave, Leave us, a comment. us a comment. Let us know what you thought about the show. Uh, you can make fun of Archie if you want to uh, <laughs> because, you know, it's just simple payback, right? Oh, oh, yeah. For that, for that matter, you, you can make fun of any of us that's right me included that's right. so we love but, that's fine but comment we let us know what in. you thought of the show and, and let us know uh how we can 
what kind of stories you want to hear and how we can do better. And, uh, and if you got stories, yeah, that's share right. those with us so we can share them with everybody else yeah. out there. Price Presley Show at gmail.com is where you can send us your stories. Make sure you do that. Send those stories to us and we'll share them over the line. We won't even, if you don't want your name known, or we will take care of that. We want to identify them. We'll just share the stories. But we want to hear from you. That's right. Well, that's about all I can take for one episode. <laughs> okay. Well, story time with Archie. <laughs> Oh, thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm Terry Price. I am Harold Presley. Don't get spooked.